Do you find yourself sitting for a long period of time? Or do you find yourself slouching when you're walking in the street, sitting in a chair, or maybe even when you're doing some exercise? If that's the case, then check out our partner, AlignMed Postural Fitness. AlignMed is various t-shirts that come for men and women. They come in dry fits. They come in bras. They they come in women's capris. They're basically shirts that help you keep your posture better throughout the day when you're sitting for long durations of time. And I've actually been using one for the past month and a half. And I found that it's been really helpful when I'm sitting for long periods of time. I wear it under my dress shirts and you can barely tell I'm wearing it. And I think I've found it very helpful. So I'm going to leave a link in the description. Check it out if you want. It's uh, it's really helpful. I think anyone can benefit from better posture. So definitely check it out. And, you know, maybe you could purchase one as well. Align Med, Postural Fitness for Life. Hi, guys. Today we're going to review the movie The Black Klansman. It's going to talk about a lot with race, race relations, politics, police brutality, and most importantly, the interconnection and the interpersonal relations of black and white Americans from past to present. And um, I really love this movie. So enjoy. And we're back on another episode of Under Review. I'm here with my main man, Ahmed Mohammed. Uh, sadly, we're missing Brian Caceres from today's episode. But uh, Ahmed, how does it feel to be here? Uh, it feels great to be back. Um, I won't miss another day. I missed like three weeks in a row. But yeah, I won't miss another day. All right, Ahmed. Well, hopefully we got your word. Brian is out today with uh, a triple ear infection. I don't know if that's <laughs> even possible. But uh, that's what he's been diagnosed with. So uh He's questionable for next week, but uh, he's indefinitely out for today. Yeah, shout out to Brian. Um, it's hard, hard raising a kid. Sometimes you just get sick uh, doing the smallest things like going to the beach. So shout out to him. And today we have a great movie review for you guys. Uh, we're doing the recent Spike Lee joint, Black Klansman. Um, I guess there's been a lot of uh, rave about this movie. A lot of people have been pretty harsh on the on criticizing this movie. Um you know, just watching it earlier today, I felt like if, you know, you're someone that is going to have a strong opinion on politics, this might be a movie that you want to check out. And uh, it's definitely something that I found very interesting. I did, too. Um, I found interesting the, the dynamics of the people there showing up to the movies. It was actually we were like the youngest people there. Yeah. The majority older white couples or yeah. maybe some Asian couples. So um, a majority white. So it was crazy to see how um majority black movie and like a black superhero majority white people showing up so it was interesting to see so the black clansman if you don't know or you haven't even heard of it the backstory is basically it is based on a true story uh it's it takes place in the early 1970s uh about this man named ron stallworth played by john david washington uh who is an african-american detective who is the very first to serve in the Colorado Springs Police Department. So it kind of, you know, starts off there with him getting hired to the police department. And uh, he tries to communicate with the KKK. And, um, I mean, there's a nice little twist on there, you know, because he's communicating over the phone. So the leaders don't know that he's an African-American man. And um, they go undercover. And his partner, uh, by the name of Flip Zimmerman, played by Adam Driver, uh, is the one that actually goes and meets the KKK members. And uh, there's a cool little spin on it. Uh, there's one part you forgot that was kind of important. Um, he accidentally uses real name. 
John David Washington played Ron Starworth, and he uses accidental real name, and so they had to switch with his partner. Um, I don't know his name right Flip, now. Flip, right? Flip Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah uh, Flip Zimmerman. Uh, they had to flip because um, flip characters uh, because he uses real name. So he had to play as Ron Starworth throughout the movie. Basically, two Ron Starworths in the movie. There's the phone character John Starworth, which is actually the real one that's a black man, and then there's the KKK one that you know the white men know, which is a white police officer that is undercover. It's tough because in the 1970s, you know, there's not too many uh, white and black people getting along. So Ron Stallworth, you know, getting into the police academy, he was, uh, you know, he was shown a lot of uh, hate by his white coworkers and police officers. So uh, it was pretty tough for him. But, uh, you know, throughout the movie, he just he starts clapping back. So, yeah, it was nice to see um, in the beginning when he was trying to get the job. Uh, one officer alluded to the fact that some officers I don't want to get, you know, too much into the plot of the story, but. He talked about because he was a black officer himself and he talked about um, the dynamics of like the other officers and how they can be possibly racist and what would he would do about it. And like the first maybe 30 minutes of the the movie, uh, they dive into like the relationships of the officers and him. And yeah, they didn't really treat him well. Um, He knew it, but he was a strong character. And from the get go, he wanted to get off that record. um, What was it called? It was like a record staffing or something. Yeah, he just kind of, you know, if someone needed a, a inmate, they'd just come to him and he'd look up their file and he was just immediately like, hey, I want to get out of here. You know, he told his chief, hey, give me, let me go undercover. You know, I think I can really help out if I'm undercover. And they're just laughing at him like, shut up, rookie. Like, who do you think you are, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but they actually end up giving him a job to go undercover. So where the movie uh, starts going into the direction that it ends up in, uh, Ron Stallworth is assigned to go to a... Not a Black Panther meeting. It was the Black Student Union. That, yeah, with they had a, a person that was part of the Black Panthers. Yes, yes, that was going to speak. And uh, they wanted Stallworth to go undercover and just kind of hear what the black community was going to say and react to, you know, the speech. Maybe if they're going to get violent, uh, whether they're going to, you know, try to peacefully protest or whatever the case may be. The cops just wanted to get an idea of the black communities uh their reactions yeah and the crazy part is um back in the 1970s they thought black panther movement was a um you know a terrorist organization an organization that attacked police officers that hated the white uh individuals um and the sad thing is they still think that way to this day um we saw that a few years ago with the beyonce concert where she um i think it was a super bowl she dressed up in um, the black panther uniform and a lot of people talked about how they were terrorist organizations. So the reason why they brought him to like listen because he's an African American man, and they wanted him just to blend in and listen to um, their convos. And majority of the the speech was just black power and black liberation. And um, there was one part at the very end how he said uh, at the end of the whole speech he met with the the guy that spoke, and he asked him should we arm ourselves and he said yes we should arm ourselves for the revolution that part was a little bit iffy um but that was not the the main motive for um the black panther party it was just fight for our rights fight for um you know black liberation and that was a majority of the speech and even himself they put the camera on him and uh he was agreeing for with a lot of the points and uh it's hard to disagree with them yep 
And yeah, like you said, he wasn't even saying, hey, let's go and kill all these cops or let's kill all these white people. He he was just saying, be comfortable in your own skin. You know, he's like, you're you're a beautiful black man or woman. Just be comfortable. Accept yourself. Even though society doesn't really accept us as a whole, uh, it starts with you. You know, he said that a lot. He said it starts with you. So just love yourself. You're beautiful. And um, so, you know, I feel like the cops that were hearing everything going on, they're just kind of like, ah, I guess they're not up to much, you know. So Ron Stallworth actually, you know, he started being convinced, like, man, like, I need to be down with this movement too. Like, he started feeling like, man, I like this, you know, I like what this man's saying. So he goes back to report to his officer, his chief. He tells them, you know, this doesn't seem like it's, you know, anything too crazy. We should go a different direction. Do you want to explain how he uh, starts talking to the KKK at all? Um, it was actually super random. It was um, in a newspaper article. They, So it's crazy to think how crazy the 1970s was. I wouldn't doubt that the KKK had a little piece in the article um, on the newspaper, like an ad saying like, uh, like something about the brotherhood and joining it. So the only thing he did was just read the newspaper. It wasn't in his case. He just called to see if he can get some info. He left a voicemail. They called him right back and they said, we want to meet with you. And accidentally he used his real name and that's how you know the whole thing started with him using his partner as himself to go undercover but yeah i mean i wouldn't doubt america being that racist in the 1970s yeah that's pretty crazy it's just out in the open blatant in it's an article in the freaking newspaper you know it said if you you know it talked a little bit about the kkk and if you want more information call this number and it was just out like that. I think John David Washington actually did sound like kind of white, you know, when he was talking. I think they did that on purpose because there's a there's another movie that's out. I think it's uh, the one that you watched. Yeah, sorry to bother you. And, and they just switched the voice. Yeah, so I didn't watch the movie, so I can't speak on it too much. But I feel like they do that on purpose to show that uh, sometimes black people have to confirm to, um, you know, the white society and, and how they should sound because... The moment you, you have some kind of lingo, or in the movie they described it as jive or, or whatever, um, you seem as less less smart or less capable than the rest of the people. So sometimes yeah. you have to fake that white voice, the office corporate voice. Yeah, so that was a pretty interesting point when, uh, you know, he's just talking to them over the phone and they completely believe him. He's just saying like, yeah, I, you know, I hate black people, I hate Jews, and I'm all about white, white supremacy, basically. And... Uh, yeah, man, it was crazy. Uh, we could get into a few of the characters real quick. Um, playing, basically, the leader of the KKK, David Duke, is uh, is uh, Eric Foreman from that '70s show, Toffer Grace. Uh, he did a pretty good job. I feel like he looks, he still looks so young. Really young. I bet he's probably forty now. Yeah, he still looks so young. So it was, it was kind of weird seeing him. And then we have Jasper. I can't pronounce his last name, but he's the actor in the movie. His name is um, plays Felix, which is basically one of the members in the KKK, and he's always suspicious of Ron Stallworth, the white version of him. He's, you know, he immediately asks him like, "Hey, are you a cop?" Or, "Yeah, are you Jewish?" Or like, "What's up with you?" You're asking a lot of questions. So that was kind of the main bad guy from a sense that he's the only one that was on to the white Ron Stallworth, right? Talking about that's old 70s show's character, which his name was Topher Grace. Uh, he played David Duke. Uh, there was one part where one of the officers was talking to the 
Ron Stallworth, and they're talking about how is there's no way someone with David Duke's kind of personality can ever become president. And I, I really liked how they tied it together because the officer, which I forgot his name right now, but uh, he talked to him about how, out of all people, he should know that a president can be just as racist as David Duke is, just and be as overt. And I think they're alluding to Donald Trump, and they're talking about how, you know, it can happen because that's back in the '70s. And if you guys don't know, when Donald Trump was running, David Duke openly supported him and uh, and said he's our president and he's gonna, you know, help move the white, white race. So. Or like white. That's how they pronounce in the movie. White. So, yeah. It's kind of interesting. I think watching this movie, I kind of just... I mean, I knew there's... Everyone knows there's racism still going on in America, you know? So, I don't think this really opened my eyes to like, wow, this all goes on. Or like, oh, wow, I'm surprised this goes on. I knew all this stuff goes on, you know? But I'm just curious. You know, I'm a Hispanic male, but... How does a white person view this movie or how, how does an African-American view this movie? Or, you know, maybe if you're not either of those, you're Filipino. How do you view this movie? You know, because we all have just different takes on this. There could have been somebody sitting next to me saying, oh, man, like this movie's so right. Like, like I hate blacks, too. Or the person next to me could be like, oh, this movie's so like it's showing the truth. And this is horrible. And I hate people that are racist and I hate this. But we're really in a stage in America where people are open about all of this and it's it's pretty sad and scary, you know, the direction that this is nineteen seventy and this is still going on today. Still going on. And we'll talk about that later in the movie because uh they tie all that together with current topics. Um but yeah, um we live in Southern California, so most I'm guessing people are not as racist as some parts of the country. But um I'm guessing maybe some parts of the country are actually probably rooting for the the white brotherhood and um like one part of the movie they spoke on how they don't call it the clan anymore and i'm guessing maybe it has a negative connotation to it so even racist white people don't want to be part of the clan because they probably think you know it's a bunch of rednecks or like people that are not so smart so if you call it the white brotherhood or one part they call it the invisible shield i think organization or something, something like that like it you can start getting the outlying white people that are kind of on the fence about it to start joining the group and, um, you know, David Duke, um, he's out in public. Um, at the end of the movie, you know, he's speaking on Donald Trump running. So, yeah. Yeah, so to tie in with that, at the end of the movie, it actually ties in current events. So it shows, like, real-life film of, you know, shootings that were in Virginia and just a lot of, like, uh, you know, hate rallies that uh, involved white people and just a lot of stuff that, I think tied in very well with the movie because it showed us that it's still alive and well which you know at the end of the movie even you know I don't want to spoil anything but you know at the end of the movie when uh, a certain event takes place it shows that you know man white supremacy still reigns and that was pretty scary to see you know because that tied in right right after that they showed the current events and it's like man we're about to be in 2019 in a couple months and it's still alive and well so so i want to jump back actually uh i wanted to talk about the small things in the movie that won't ruin the plot necessarily but talk about the climate that we're, we were in in the 1970s and where we are in now so i was in the movie theater i was telling richard about how um david duke was in a, a conference he's waiting to do something what was oh he came to the city so they needed a bodyguard and the bodyguard 
was Ron Starworth, the actual character. And um, they had a bunch of maids. And it started off, the camera started off with a white person and then went to a white lady and then went to a light-skinned male and then a darker male and then like the darkest black male. And I felt like the camera did that on purpose because it's showing you like how people view uh, people in general with the color. So like the lightest, the best, it starts off and then the darkest um, at the end. So I felt like that was done on purpose. And also there was, um, so like there were other things like how, for example, um, I noticed in the beginning when Ron, Ron Starworth wanted to get off the record book uh, place and wanted to become an undercover cop, he, to persuade one of the officers, he said, I could even cut down the natural look to make to conform more so that might have blown over a lot of people's heads but i felt like even today a lot of african-american people feel like they're different so they don't want to have a natural look so they rather you know straighten their hair or shave their afro down to look different and back then a lot of people grew the afros out to show that um you know they're proud of their african heritage and for him to level up in the job he even said that he would shave it so I thought that was kind of weird. And one more thing I saw that was, you know, it might have, I might have be, you know, thinking too much into it. But um, the part where one of the one of the uh, KKK, KKK members' uh, wife, um, I can't pronounce the last name either, Jasper something, who is Felix in the film, right? He's the the KKK guy that is on to Ron Stallworth. His wife was, you know, catering to the KKK meeting. And uh, she's a real nice lady. And then she was telling me about how what she heard about some African like doing African American doing something. And he cut her off quick and told her, "Okay, that's enough talking for you." And I always wondered how back in the day how racist white ladies can be racist because I would see in videotapes um, back when black kids were integrated into the South in the education system white ladies throwing tomatoes throwing food at young little kids saying like calling them derogatory terms but at the same time they were viewed as less than themselves more and more today that we're, we're accepting that um of course we're accepting that the fact that girls are as much of human beings as men are and capable of doing anything possible but um back then they weren't having the rights that they have now so i'm guess i don't understand how someone could view someone than someone as less than when they're viewed as less than and they can't even talk at their own house and she even got emotional but then turn around maybe 20 minutes later in the video and the movie she's laying with her husband saying how like they can't wait to kill black people because they're less than so it's kind of weird to me i felt like you know they show a lot of subliminal you know messaging in the movie to talk about like race and how it's viewed with a lot of people if you go watch this movie, get ready to hear the N-word a lot. But I think Spike Lee does a great job with this movie from the visuals to the music to the actors. Uh, the plot was great. I know it's based on a book, but man, I think it was great. I think overall, I really enjoyed the movie from start to finish. Um, it, there was never really any point in the movie where I was like, man, I'm kind of bored or like this isn't like a good part. Like it all went together so well that I would I would definitely watch it again. 100%. Um, I overall rating I would give this movie man probably a 8.5 to a 9 really it might be one of the best movies I've seen this year um, and I think Spike Lee really hit it out of the park with this one yeah I really enjoyed this movie too um, for a movie to be two hours and I think it was 15 minutes and not a moment of it was I thinking this movie's too long it it was actually very perfect um, 
everything was done so perfectly the story was you know like richard said it's a book but it was tied in together so perfectly um and it talked about today's climate so well like it brought back old old concepts and on how people thought and they blended it into what people think today and i would honestly give this like a 9.2 it was amazing because um a lot of us feel you know the pain of uh, racism to to this day and have this movie talk about that have this movie you know bring up uh racist uh kk leaders and donald trump at the end of the video to tie it all together was incredible um i do want to mention one more thing um they brought up a movie called birth of the nation and it was actually an old film done and when that was being aired it was considered a blockbuster and um one person alluded to the fact that a president wildrow wilson played it at the at the white house and um he said it was like one of the best movies he's seen or something like that and um it was considered one of the most racist movies of all time um if i'm correct i don't think you can watch that movie anymore i remember seeing it in a film class birth of a nation is basically a very old movie black and white that is basically talks about the creation of the kkk and it shows how they started up it shows the things that they would do it would show them riding on their horses it would show them burning crosses and, and it portrayed black people in a, in a very vague very negative way um it showed them as animals uh, the small little clip they showed was a black man running after a, a white woman in the forest I don't know if they're alluding to them killing a black person, killing a white lady, or maybe raping. Because you hear that a lot in the in the movie. How like um, one of the characters said, like the officer was trying to rape her. And um, oh, that's actually another thing I want to talk about. Uh, so I don't want to get too like deep with the messaging or whatever, but the police police brutality in the movie. Um, they speak on it. They speak on like the Black uh, Panther movement was talking about how they beat and kill. Uh, innocent black men and women in the video but um at the very end of the video um the movie uh sorry the movie ron starworth the 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 officer arrests one of the ladies one of the wives that work with the that was married to the kk member and when they were when he was arresting her more police officers came and instead of questioning who this man is that's undercover they just believed what she said and she said, like, oh, he's raping me. Oh, he's attacking me. He tried to do all this stuff to me. Get him. And they started beating up on him instead of questioning the fact that it could be a citizen's arrest. It, he was saying that I'm a police officer. Like, chill out. But they weren't having it. It wasn't until his white uh, partner came and said he's an officer. And he came in driving 100 miles per hour, stopping the car, throwing his badge at them. And they didn't ask any questions. And when, you know, when they figured out he's a cop, they're like, oh, he's a cop? forgetting the fact that this man's a human being that they're beating up on that uh they didn't even apologize to so that's another aspect of the movie that um you should look at hey ahmed so i know there was a scene that we both thought was really powerful do you want to go ahead and uh talk about that a little bit not you know don't get into too much detail but kind of just talk about the power of that scene yeah um it was my favorite scene in the movie um very powerful it was when they had a speaker talk to the Black Student Union and like uh, the Black Panthers, and he was talking about how, when he was a child, what happened of a, a, a certain Black individual was accused of rape, and how they mistreated that young man, and also how he feared for his life, and 
looking at that same moment, then they had a different point of view of the KKK members speaking about white power and and how white people should be, you know, the top of the food chain. And and it was it was kind of crazy cuz if you just view only the white supremacists and how their story and how they what what they believe in, it kind of almost sounds as if it's equal to the black people's story. And I was thinking and I was telling Richard a little earlier before we started this podcast how um I bet a lot of white people believe the black power, the Black Panther movement is equivalent to the white power and the KKK movement and how both still want another person to be, you know, lower than or, or uh, inferior to. And I feel like that's completely wrong. I feel like, um, you know, the black power movement and the Black Panther movement and now the, you know, Black Lives Matter movement is about how black people should be treated equal and how, you know, to just, you know, just showing people that we've been mistreated for such a long time and how the white power movement is not necessarily celebrating, you know, their Americanness, but they're celebrating their whiteness and how celebrating their whiteness is completely wrong because people do know where they're from. And when people celebrate their blackness, they're not celebrating the color. There's well, they are celebrating the color but it's because they kind of lost where they're from. And the only thing they could celebrate is their colorness and how that's completely two different things. So, um, yeah, that was my favorite part of the movie. Um, it was powerful. It was very powerful. And how um, it's kind of sickening at the same time to think that white people can feel so, you know, passionate about hating other people. Uh, it's, it was, it was kind of crazy. Racist white people, not all white people. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, not all white people, not all black people, Asians, Mexicans, whatever your race. You know, not everyone falls in the same category. There's uh, just a few bunch that ruin it for everybody. But just to clear that up. As you could tell my friend Ahmed here, you know, he relates to a lot of this stuff. He's an African-American man himself. So, the, you know, like I said earlier, this is something that I think everyone should watch just because you'll have a different take on it just by, you know, whether they affect you personally or not. You know, as a country, we go through things and a lot of people just turn their turn their head because it doesn't di- directly affect them, which is not the way we got to live. You know, we got to have each other's back. We're all Americans. And, uh, you know, people are different, come from different backgrounds, different parents. And, uh, you know, just it's sad that we really only care when it really affects us. And I think uh, this is a movie that will really help show people that, like, we just need to stand together as a country, not by race. So... Yeah, man. Overall, I think it was a good movie. I think you should definitely go watch it. If you're on the fence about watching it, I say check it out. Um, Take some friends. Take uh, your ethnic friends. Take your white friends. Take your mom. And uh, just check this out, man. It's a good movie. Yeah, more importantly, bring your white friends because they might not understand all the things that are going on. So the ethnic kids, bring them too. But uh, bring everyone. Bring the family. Bring the kids. Um, If you don't want your kids to listen to language, don't bring them around because they do throw a lot of f-words around uh referring to the homosexuality community um so in all sorts of words so if you don't mind with your kids bring your kids because it's a big you know learning experience and yeah it's a great movie yeah so thanks for joining us on another episode of the under review podcast and thank you for listening bye